0: Your eyes. It's half past midnight, and you're listening to the Ghost Story Guys. Welcome to the Ghost Story Guys. I'm Brennan Storr. I'm Ian Gibbs, and this is a show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the sun is set, and this is most definitely one. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number forty, and we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about but can never quite reach. How you doing Ian? I'm good, how are you? I am pretty good although I am it occurred to me I'm seeing a lot of the studio lately.
1: Yeah, and a lot of each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the worst part. <laughs> Holy man.
0: How many times have you been in here? Uh we have been in here this month um 3 times. Wow. Which is uh no 4 times. 4 times. 4 yeah, times. This because, is four. Yeah, this is four yeah. because we had recorded uh we well, we didn't get a chance to record uh July's bonus until August. Right. And then we had this is uh, yeah. this is like catch up. This yeah. is catch up, yeah. and then you are going out of town, so we're am. getting next episode done way ahead of schedule.
1: Yes, forcing me to for once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're telling me, man. So you are you're heading away though soon. Yeah, going to Vegas, exciting. Uh, I want to see Zach Baggins' haunted museum. Uh, as much as it pains me to say it, it's worth seeing. I'm excited. Yep. I'm excited. Um, and I don't know if I'll go to the mob museum again. It was good, but yeah, I think the haunted museum will be.
0: I feel like the the mob museum is the kind of thing that you only really have to see once. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, I sort of felt that way about the haunted museum. Yeah, unless he adds something new, I don't like necessarily an actual corpse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't he just buy a painting?
1: A that, haunted painting. Oh God, probably a curse. Yeah, okay, painting. a curse. That's more like, more like <laughs> it.
0: No, I think he just uh, bought a painting that was partially painted with some of Charles Manson's ashes. Nice. Yeah. Well, no. It's it, again. I went there in, in March. It was worth seeing. So I'm curious to see what your uh, what your experience. And is. you can't take any pictures, right? Correct. Okay. No
1: pictures whatsoever. So I'll have to use surreptitious methods.
0: Uh, yes, well, they have security cameras everywhere. Uh, so and the tickets yeah. are fifty dollars. <gasps> so you don't you don't want to get kicked? out Well, maybe out of there. I'm not going then. Jesus. <laughs> I love. You'll go all the way to Vegas, but fifty dollars. That's too much. insane. Yeah, it's 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 that's deep. It's
1: deep. I mean, it's it's a two-hour tour. Could I flash the ghost story guy's button and get it for free as press or something? Uh,
0: something tells me if he or any of his people have ever listened to our show, you'll be lucky to get past the door with that button.
1: <laughs> I sort of
0: imagine them bum rushing you up. I'll
1: be like, excuse me,
0: excuse me, I'm very important. Yeah, don't you know? Let I'm a, in.
1: I'm a podcaster from Victoria <laughs> That's for right. God's
0: sake. Literally tens of listeners. <laughs> Do you know who I am? That'll go over. He'll just use his many millions to pay the hit squad to take you out. <laughs> his ghost adventures brand sniper, just right. go on to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, and then mm, I dream. Yep, grassy Knoll. The puff, end. Puff of smoke. The end. I, when I was there, the, the security guy who worked in the parking lot is actually, was he a former Marine? So, you know, they're there. Okay. <laughs> Just in case you you, you wondered. Wow. Yeah. 50 bucks. <laughs> I had no idea. I love how this is a sticking point for I you. I am though. so cheap. Yes. All right, so maybe not Zach Baggins. <laughs>
1: <days>. <laughs> and what about you? What are you going to be up to?
0: Nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing of any interest. I'm considering, as I mentioned on the bonus episode, going to Pittsburgh next month. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to happen. It's I just don't know. I'm I'm only recently back working full time. Right. So I don't know if I really want to spend out for a long trip
1: like that just yet. Well, especially to Pittsburgh. <laughs> not that it's not a lovely city.
0: No, no, no. I, I I would like to see it, but again, I I'm feeling like maybe not right now. Yeah. yeah. But. We shall see. Um, but going back to the, the Haunted Museum briefly, though, that sort of allows us to segue into the topic of today's show. Yeah. Because when I was there with Shannon from Into the Fray in March, we were in one of the rooms uh, where they claim the activity is quite high. Right. And I sort of rolled my eyes because I thought, yeah, of course, every room's act you know, when you're charging 50 bucks a ticket, every room better have high activity. You better be but the room had Peggy the Haunted Doll in it right? and they had a ghost box in there which is one of those sort of uh, like broken radio yeah, things that, b- 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 yeah, it cycles through yeah. through stations and as we were leaving it spit out and I was one of the last two people in the room it spit out my name and it was audible because we- cool. when we left or when we were standing outside the room our guide whose name escapes me she said did anyone catch that at the end it sounded like Brett and I put up my hand I said my name's Brennan and Shannon went, oh, Christ, I'm glad you heard it too. Wow. So, it, you know, there was, uh, it, it was unusual. I've never quite experienced anything like that. Yeah. And then while recording the bonus episode on Sunday, or rather while editing the bonus episode on Sunday, we found something anomalous ourselves. Again. Again. <laughs> so we pivoted a little bit because our original plan was to have, uh, we had one topic lined up for today. Yeah. And then that happened. And yeah. we have spent, I mean, that was really only a couple days ago. Uh, we're, again, we're recording early, but yeah. we've spent the time since then trying to figure out what it is, what it means. So coming up after the break, we're going to be looking at that audio anomaly and some stories as well. Welcome back. As we said before the break on this episode, we're going to be taking a look at the audio anomaly we discovered on our previous recording. And also some stories of, uh, we'll, we'll call them ghosts in the machine. I, I'm actually really looking forward to the stories we have tonight. I was editing them earlier in a coffee shop and I managed
1: to spook myself good.
0: Oh! And that was in broad daylight. Wow. So I, I'm and,
1: and we're kind of, you know, at this point a little bit, I don't want to say callous, but it takes quite a bit to... Oh, yeah it, takes a, yeah, it takes a bit to yeah. spook me. That said, we I was doing
0: my final edit pass on Pittsburgh. And I was, I what because I, what I do is I finish the episode and then I take it, I put it in my phone. I take it for a walk, yeah. listen to it. And then I, I, that's when I make my final tweaks. Right. So I did that for Pittsburgh and you were telling a story and it spooked me so much that I actually moved to the middle of the street. <laughs> I was, uh, I can't even remember which one it was. It's it was just, just so. The compelling Tone of my voice. That's what it is. Yeah, it's exactly. It's powerful tone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so if you listen to our show regularly, you'll know that on episode 39, or sorry, the bonus episode, th- bonus three, uh, Centralia and the Tyranny of Memory, we had an audio anomaly. And uh, if you haven't heard it, we're going to play that now just so you know what we're talking about. So this is, uh, this was recovered during editing. We didn't hear it in the process. I found it while editing the episode. So, uh... Here it is. These were identical. They were blue with, um, siding. Mm-hmm. So as you can hear, it it sounds like a voice. It sounds, I don't know if it sounds male or female, but it sounds like a voice. It sounds like a word ending in F. And we've had people send in some suggestions. We've had people suggest that it's enough, but then someone else said they don't think there's enough syllables for enough. And I tend to agree. Right. I think it's a single syllable word, um, but we've heard bluff and uh, what do you think it sounds like?
1: I honestly am so bad at this. I would watch the supernatural shows, and they'd play the you know the audio clip, and to me it would sound like, and then they'd be like, "Oh, it's clearly a threat to our lives." And I, <laughs> well, I just that's no true. I mean, of it.
0: I'm not a big fan of EVPs in
1: general. But it's a bit like ink blots. Yeah, exactly. You see what yeah. you're going to see, and I think with the EVPs, you hear what you're going to hear, unless they're exceptionally clear. And I have heard those. Right, and those are quite shocking like they're quite disturbing
0: you were telling me before we started recording you were telling me one uh story about an evp taken from the four mile pub here in victoria
1: yeah a group of ladies who are you know psychically enabled uh were at the four mile having dinner and they knew the stories so they went into the the bathroom and asked a few questions and one of the questions was do you need help and um and then they left and when they got home and listened to the recording, very clearly a man's voice um, answered the question of, do you need help? And he said, yes. Oh, wow. Well. And she played it for me. It was clear as day.
0: Which is, is kind of um, sort of a, parallels your experience here because when we were here on Sunday recording bonus three, we were alone in the building. Completely, yeah, completely alone in the building. Yeah. And this building has um, a restaurant in it yeah. that's usually open late. Yeah. And so whatever, for whatever reason they were closed. And when you went to the washroom uh, during the break you came back and said you were certain that something bad had happened to a woman in the man's
1: washroom. Absolutely. Smurfing Without a doubt, I was very disturbed in the bathroom. You said you, would, you wouldn't even close the door. No, which I usually, I'm pretty private. Well, so, and it's a public bathroom. <laughs> and it's I mean, a public it's, bathroom. It's a big building. But. I wouldn't close the stall door. I, there's no, there's nothing that would have compelled me to sit in that enclosed space and not be able to see the rest of the bathroom. Wow. It was powerful. And then you and I talked about that and then we started recording again and then you were looking over my shoulder. No, I was, I was looking
0: towards the door. I to you were my, looking over. No, I was looking over to the door towards my left.
1: Oh, okay. And then I noticed
0: you looking towards my left. Yes. And I asked you, well, when you came back in, I asked you if you would felt something enter the room because I had yes. felt
1: something enter. Absolutely. And, and I said, yes. Yeah, yeah. And
0: then of course, as it turned out, that sound appeared on my microphone. Yeah. And be, the thing we were seeing, we believe was closer to me. Yeah. Now, some people have suggested this is an uh, This is
1: actually like a, a technical glitch. Right, which is the first thing I look at, honestly. 100%. Yeah.
0: We, and we sent it over to Steve. We sent uh, a few different files over to him. He had a look. Uh, the way we record the show is there are two different mic feeds. There's mine and Ian's. Yeah. And then I mix them together afterwards. Uh, so the sound is present in my feed, but it's also present in yours at lower volume, of sort of like an echo, with or, an echo, yeah. like it's coming from my side of the table. Yeah.
1: So then we knew it was an electronic anomaly.
0: Absolutely. That's weird. It's so weird, and yeah. I, I really don't know what to make
1: of it. I mean, no. you
0: know, we, I, I wanted to talk about it on the show, but you and I discussed this. We just have no frame of reference. No. Nope. You know, we don't know what it's supposed to mean. We're not even necessarily saying it is, you know, an EVP or a ghost or whatever. We're just saying this thing happened. We don't have a frame of reference for it. No, not and it at all. Was really surprising. Yeah. I
1: jumped when you were editing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I wasn't scared. I was exhilarated. Yeah, but still, I jumped. Yeah, uh, and that's not the first time this has happened. No, it happened when we were in our Langley. Yeah, I, I was recording largely the truth, my radio show, and uh, yeah, I went to go edit it afterwards, and there was a voice saying, "Hello," <laughs> and it's very clear. I'll, actually, I'll play that clip right now, just so people understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I met Ash 10 years ago in a Casablanca hostel and he was a great guy. He partnered up with my cousin and I who were traveling and, uh, and that sounds like hello to me. Yeah. And uh, you know, there is a point in the show where I say hello. So I thought maybe it was uh, some kind of like echo or reflection or something. Uh, but again, I had Steve look at the files, he went through the actual waveforms. Nothing. Nothing that would point to that. Interesting.
1: So again, we're we're left with this question: What the hell is it? And when we were talking to Barbara Smith last night, she said that in her experience, ghosts are crazy attracted to things like recording studios, television studios, anywhere there's um, recording electronic devices. Right. They're all over it. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's the presence of electricity, concentration of
0: electricity. Well, and knowing that they can be heard through that. Yeah. Right. Well, I know some of the information Luke found us on EVPs, it suggested, uh, pardon me, it referred to rather a case where these people were living underneath high tension wires. Right. And across from a power station. Yes. And there were intense manifestations yeah and uh some people have suggested that it is because there is so much fuel there
1: yeah absolutely and that
0: it's again like uh we talk about water it's it's sort of like a communal gathering spot because they can feed
1: yeah an energy source for sure
0: if you have a a thought about this if you have a theory we'd love to hear from you absolutely ghostoryguys at gmail.com yeah and just help us figure this out (laughs) Uh, who knows? Maybe something will pop up on this. Yeah. I mean, we, we did try a little bit of a sort of a white noise EVP
1: experiment before we started recording, but didn't really get anywhere. No. So, I guess... But again, do. it's, is the thing here now? Is it not? Is it present? Is that's it, it not?
0: And I think that's one of the problems I have with this kind of thing is people treat it like it's, uh like it's, I'm you know, like a, I'm trying to think of,
1: like a machine. Well, they're thinking the ghosts are just hanging around just dying to speak to someone, and they're not. They're doing other yeah. Things ghost shit. They got ghost shit to do. Check the ghost mail. Get off. Yeah, get off their ship at the ghostly post office. Yeah, exactly. and exactly. Come yeah. back for a nice haunting. Oh, wouldn't that be rough? Jobs <laughs> in the afterlife, especially civil service. Jobs. Do they have podcasts in hell? <laughs> They're probably playing ours.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> that makes sense to me. <laughs> Before we get into the actual stories, I just I, I was thinking about this. I was kind of nervous to play the sample on the show because you never know what it sounds like. I was actually nervous right. to send it to everyone. Right. Because to me, it sounded like a thing. Right. But I thought, and I was getting pretty worked up, and then I thought, wait, what if I'm making something out of nothing here? And I send it out to the guys, and they're, they're going, what, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> you know,
0: I kind of feel like, like, paranormal, like presenting paranormal evidence is kind of like watching your own sex tape. Like, in the moment, you're, <laughs> you're really super into it.
1: You're like, Yeah. <laughs>
0: And then you watch it and you go, oh, honey, no, what is you doing? <laughs> this is like you think I'm king of the world. And then you realize, no, I'm, ooh, that you, is pale. You, you have
1: experience with
0: this. Uh, no comment. <laughs> so say the camera adds pounds, it does not add inches. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you know that. <laughs> Here, I'll show cool. you. No. No.
1: <laughs> no.
0: It's a short movie, it's a GIF. <laughs> <laughs> With that horrible image in everyone's head, (laughs) we're gonna switch over to some stories of the ghosts in the machine. Stories where electronics did not behave in the way they expected. Most of these stories are around telephones. And I love stories like that.
1: They creep me the hell out. Okay, so I just learned a new one oh, on the ghost walk. Fire away. Uh, so there is a an old house uh, in Victoria. Uh, it's been knocked down and now there's condos there, but they keep having problems with the condos. Uh, only one particular one, uh, which was in the footprint of the old house. However, the sort of subtext of this story is the woman who told us the story was the niece of the aunt who lived in the house right and as her aunt got older she uh, her niece lived in vancouver they had this agreement that the aunt would phone her every night at 10 o'clock just to make sure you know she's okay and she's still alive and still breathing and all that until one night the call didn't come and the niece uh, discovered that indeed her aunt had passed away so she went to victoria she got everything done had everything shut down the house was torn down the condo was built but this woman for the next seven years oh wow every night at 10 o'clock the phone would ring yeah and nobody would be there and the only reason it stopped was her husband forced her to change her phone number he couldn't handle it anymore really because every night at 10 o'clock the phone would ring she'd answer it no answer just static fascinating yeah and yet changing the number worked Changing the number worked. Interesting. Isn't that wild? That is wild. So, yeah, that's one of our... but just That's sort of a corner piece of the story, uh, but it's uh, it it caught my attention. And then when you said, phone's misbehaving, I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, not unusual.
0: Well, that's sort of very much of a piece with the other stories we have. This one's called, There's Someone Home. Earlier today, I called home and an unknown voice answered. It sounded like an older lady. She said, hello... And when I asked who I was speaking with, thinking I had dialed the wrong number, they ignored me. The woman said hello, again, and despite my saying the same thing back, seemed not to hear me. I hung up, and, convinced I had called the wrong number, redialed my home number. The line was busy. When I called a third time the call immediately went to voicemail. A call to my wife's cell phone confirmed that she was out, so that was another possibility ruled out. I explained what had happened she was so spooked that someone may be in our place she went right home to check on the house. There was no one home when she got there but that entire conversation including the strange woman's voice was recorded on the answering machine we are more than a little creeped out wow right not cool no that reminds me have you ever seen the movie probably not uh (laughs) i don't know why i asked this question
1: i think it's cute that you keep asking
0: uh hope springs eternal yeah uh lost highway it's a david lynch film nope okay so it starts off with the main character played by bill pullman Getting these video cassettes, uh, remember what those were, delivered to his house. And they are videos first of the house and then of inside the house and then of him only sleeping. Oh, no. Then he happens to be at a party and this little man with pancake makeup walks up to him and says, Your house is lovely. I'm there right now. Call me. And he hands him a phone and Bill Pullman dials his home number. And the same voice picks up on the other end.
1: Oh my god.
0: Yeah, and that just reminds me of that. That is creepy. It's a
1: weird movie, but that
0: that scene is very effective. Yeah. This next one is called Playtime. This happened when I was about five or six years old. My sister and I were in our bedroom one night, and I was playing with a toy phone. Just a little plastic thing. I said hello into the receiver and clearly heard a man's voice say hello back to me. Right into my ear. The voice wasn't creepy or ghostly, it sounded like the normal friendly way an adult would say hello to a little kid, but I was still terrified and I ran to tell my parents. As I got older, I kept trying to tell myself that it was just the normal act of imagination of a kindergartner. Even though my imagination had always been about playing pretend with dolls or toys or friends or whatever, I would always been fully aware I was just playing, as opposed to seeing or hearing things that weren't there. Well, 55 years later, I can still hear that voice in my mind. It didn't sound like anyone I knew and I never heard a voice on that telephone again. Come to think of it, I was so spooked, I probably
1: never played with that thing again. Wow. Yeah. And kids know. Oh, kids absolutely know. know. I think we we sort of pull that, well, what do kids know? Yeah, well, but it's the kids who are more sensitive to this stuff than
0: we are. Sure. Well, I think, you know, before you have these expectations beat into you, before you have sort of the edges clipped off.
1: Well, I also think though, I mean, um, your language center is soft until you hit puberty. So your language center in your brain, if you are Canadian and you move to Mexico as a child before puberty, you can learn Spanish easily, effortlessly, and seamlessly so that it can become like a complete and natural second language to you. Really? However, if you go after puberty, your language center is hardened over. And that means if you're trying to learn a new language, you have to overwrite parts of your own language that you already know to learn a new language really so it's much more difficult and you're actually losing part of your native language you're losing words that your brain decides ah eh, you probably don't need that one uh, and it doesn't stick as well i did not know that yeah ones. and that's the whole you know uh use it or lose it kind of thing because if you don't keep that up in your brain your brain simply goes okay we're done with this now we can let it slide that's why if you move to another country after puberty you have an accent Ah, that you don't lose. My right. mom has been here for 40 years. She still has a British accent. Interesting. And it right. will never go away. I, mean,
0: I think you can intentionally lose it. I know people
1: who have you can, re- relocated and, and they don't have an accent You anymore. can train, but it's yeah. not the same thing. My accent is long gone. Right, because you came here when you were a kid. I was four. So, okay. But if I go back to England, I will find myself starting to take on oh interesting yeah so i think it's the same thing i think children are sensitive to this stuff because their brains are different right. they're more open they're more able to do it and i agree i think adults are like no no that's not real that's garbage but i also think your brain chemistry and your brain abilities change intro well,
0: that's that's really a theory i mean i guess we'll we, well, we may find out one day uh, that'd be great <laughs> <laughs>
1: My aunt and her stories. For years since I moved into the house where both my grandparents and aunt lived and died, strange electrical things would happen, with lights flickering and the kitchen timer going off. And just as I was about to write them off, I had a baby and more strange things happened. The Elmo toy vacuum would go off with no pets near it. And as I'm typing this, the new potty that does a song when you close the lid just went off. I'm used to it. I was asleep, and a soap came off a dry dish, and I swore a small jewelry box fell off the dresser. When my daughter played with her toy hammer, the handle of the credenza moved and clicked. Most of these things I disregarded, but in the last month, right after my aunt's picture fell off the library shelf, my babysitter told me on two separate Thursdays that the TV went on upstairs around noon. The second time, she asked Oliver the cat to come down, and it turned off. After that first incident, two days later, on Saturday at 2.30 a.m., the TV came on. I turned off with the remote and fell back asleep. It has since come on four more times, always at the same time, 2.30, and either Thursday, Saturday, or Sunday, and always Channel 5, even though I had watched and turned it off while on different channels. This seems unbelievable. Oh, forgot the big part. The last two times, I asked whoever to turn it off, and it did. I noticed that the shows coming on were my aunt's favorites, Oprah and Matlock, as she did not have cable. I am somewhat afraid to be alone, but knowing it is family and not an evil entity calms me down. I think I'm more freaked out now knowing that I was communicating by telling her to turn it off.
0: Yeah, that would... would
1: Unnerve me? Yeah. Well, it's a bit like what we had with the other studio, where the light was flickering. And yes, stop doing that. Can you please stop doing that? And it did. And it worked. I know. <laughs> I'm not sure I feel about that.
0: No, no. That's. Uh, I don't know. Again, I assume. I mean, it seems like a family thing, but I'm always hesitant yeah. to jump to that.
1: Yeah. No, I know. But in
0: this case, I know it seems. Either that or there's a really bored ghost who likes to watch daytime. I mean, it's kind of sad that rants still still there watching Matlock, for Christ's sakes.
1: Is that what the afterlife is in store for us? Right? Watching reruns of Matlock oh, and Oprah? God help us. Oh. While the world slowly ticks towards its own destruction. <laughs> Oscar. A few years ago, on October 15th, I and two friends drove to Boise, Idaho so I could have open-heart surgery specifically my arteries were 90% clogged and I needed to have four bypasses done Jesus wow when we arrived in Boise we found a motel and checked in of course it's the States (laughs) my mother and brother were due to arrive in Boise at some point but we didn't know quite when so we took our bags to the room we'd been there for less than 20 minutes when the phone rang and my care provider answered it as she listened a funny look came over her face and she said the phone was for me Now, we'd chosen the motel at random, and I hadn't told anyone where it was yet, so there's no way anyone could have known where we were. But I took the phone anyway. At the other end of the line was a male, Latino-sounding voice, and they again asked for me. When I confirmed who it was, the voice said, Don't have your surgery tomorrow. It's not your turn to die. I was floored, but managed to ask, Who is this? The voice replied, Oscar. The only person I'd ever known by that name was a former coworker of mine. We'd worked together at the factory and he would always stop by to chat when he was on shift. That Oscar had died of cancer the year before. "'Where are you at?' I asked the voice. "'I'm in between, heaven and earth,' it responded. Then it again told me not to have my surgery, and the connection went dead. Immediately, I called my brother, who had also worked with Oscar, and he thought I should take the call seriously. We discussed it over dinner that night and decided we should raise my concerns with the doctor but in a roundabout kind of way so we wouldn't know why I was concerned in the first place. The next morning we went to the hospital just before we were due at 6am and they started prepping me for surgery. I asked to see my doctor and was told he would be there in a few minutes. A few minutes later I looked through my door and could see him pacing in tight circles just outside. Finally he came in and said my surgery would be postponed by a week. And that the department head would be in to explain everything according to the department head who arrived shortly after this the surgeon who'd been scheduled to perform my surgery had lost his last three patients and they decided to pull him from the roster the department head said he would be performing my surgery himself the following week and apologized for the inconvenience a week later my surgery was performed without any complications and i've been healthy ever since i don't know how but Oscar had been looking out for me. Yikes. Wow.
0: I don't know what's scarier about that, the phone call to the
1: doctor who lost three patients in a row. Holy <laughs> oh, crap. There's a story on Salt Spring about uh, about a hotel and the owner had been murdered of okay. the hotel. He'd been murdered and he'd been murdered in the hotel. And now uh, the phone rings all the time in the room he used to live in. And they couldn't stop it. They tried, you know, Changing the phone line, getting a new phone, everything, but it would just keep ringing in that room. So eventually, they stopped putting paying guests in there, and they would put the cover bands who were playing in the bar oh, in there as their sort of courtesy room. Right. And half these bands would go and sleep in the van. They wouldn't sleep in the room because wow. they would answer the phone, and there would be a very faint voice asking, you know, who are you? Why? Are you, why are you there? What are you doing? Oh, and it smokes. just freaked people out. Yeah, that would do it. Forget it. So yeah.
0: I, I remember yeah. one time I checked into a motel at uh, like one in the morning. And as I walked down the hallway of this, well, it was a, it was a hotel because it was inside, but it right. was not very nice. But I was walking down the, the hallway to this hotel and I heard a sound. I could hear it all the way down the hallway. It sounded like white noise. And I thought, where is that coming from? It was like a radio had been tuned to static. Right, yeah. Well, get to the door of my room. Oh, no. It's coming from my it's room. It's TV. The radio. Really, The alarm had gone off at some point and had just kept going on static. And it was on static when I got there.
1: Almost as if it was welcoming you in. Yes.
0: Oh, man. I I, thought, I, I literally said to myself as I got to the door, Jesus, I don't need this right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, I hope that's not my room. Oh, it's my it, it, room. That's exactly yeah. the process.
0: Oh, yeah. I was pissed.
1: So did you unplug it?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. that was the next step. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, um, I was talking to some friends. I think I mentioned this on the show at one point. Uh, we had uh, this w- weird thing that happened one night where we heard a sound in our apartment, Right, Nick and I, but we couldn't figure out where it came from. It was an electronic sound. It was like a, a beep of some kind. Right. But we couldn't trace it to any source in the apartment. It We'd never heard the sound before, but it was in the room. So what was it? Well, I don't know. Huh? It, we could never find where it came from. But the same night, my friends had an alarm clock turn on, unplugged no battery not cool all on its own not cool so i don't know if there was something passing through or what was going on wow that night. but yeah it just sparked to life hmm no i'm not okay with that no and actually my friend michelle i uh, was talking to her briefly today and uh, I, I remembered the this topic reminded me of a story she told me when she was back living in stephenville newfoundland right she said that she would be always this would always happen to her when she was watching a movie and it was quiet her right. mom said it happened to her sometimes too the stereo would turn itself on, always to static. Didn't matter what radio station it was tuned to, it would always turn itself on to static. Wow. So, I and she, she never, I don't think she experienced anything else there, but uh, she had that happen. So, weird. whole host of these weird yeah. noises coming out of, well, I mean, the static is obviously has a source, but the other ones you think, where the hell is this coming from?
1: When I was a kid, our TV went through a time of turning itself on and changing channels on its own. Really? Yeah. Sometimes the channels would change or the volume would go up and down. Is this sort of pre-remote control? Uh, it had a remote control, but it was nowhere near it. And it was it wouldn't have been, you know, now you can get ones for your smartphone or whatever. This was like 1986, right. 87. Well, I was just thinking that I know some of
0: the older televisions, it was if someone else had a similar model, it was possible to accidentally trigger their
1: television with your remote? Oh, it would have been too far away. Oh, okay. Where our house was, we were right on a corner. Oh, okay. Next to a four-lane road. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, yeah, so No, not, not happening. No. Interesting. No, it was weird. We just got a new TV. Yep, that's that's what I would do. Too. Uh-oh, this one's haunted. Time for a new one. Time for a new one. That was, that was my excuse when I bought my
0: two television. Maybe <laughs> it's haunted. Yeah, we need a new one. I need this gigantic LG television. <laughs> All right, so this, uh, this next one actually is uh, another person hearing a strange noise. The Ring. I can't specifically say how long this has been going on but I do know that I'm the only person to hear it. Oftentimes, I will be sat watching TV or working on my laptop and out of nowhere I'll suddenly hear a very old fashioned phone ringing. I know it's old fashioned because it sounds exactly like an old rotary dial phone we used to own. You know the kind, the ones with the curly cords and the very specific ringing sound that you could slam down in anger to cut the call. It sounded like one of those. No one else in the house including the cat has heard it. Or if the cat has heard it it hasn't made any show of it. I even made a point to mute the television volume once while I was hearing it and said can you hear that? Nothing. Nada. No one could hear except me. It doesn't sound close and it doesn't sound as if it's in the house but it sounds as if it's coming from somewhere. The walls are not so thin you could hear the neighbor's phones ringing, the neighbor on the other side doesn't even own a phone, and obviously a house phone wouldn't be outside so I don't know where the sound is coming from and why I'm the only person to hear it. My only two guesses are as follows that I'm hearing something residual replaying itself in a loop like a broken record, or secondly, that I'm hearing it ringing from another timeline-slash-alternate universe, which seems a little far-fetched. I'm stumped. I, I mean, I kind of wonder if he's just got tinnitus. <laughs> Someone answer that damn phone? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not a ghost, it's your failing body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just your old-ass ears.
0: I don't know, I, I, I'm not convinced by that one. Like, I, I feel like his... <laughs> his suggestions went pretty far pretty fast yeah you know i mean i could have tinnitus or it could be you know a broken record from another plane or uh a ghost phone yeah ghost phone
1: Uh, yeah bad spirits my friend is in a long distance relationship with a girl named An, who lives in hong kong recently he was on the phone with her and he heard a story that creeped me right out the day before she'd taken a phone call from a man who said he was a friend of her father and wished to speak with him Her father was not at home at that time so she took down his name and the number on the call display and said he would give him the message as soon as possible it slipped on his mind until she was sitting at the dining table with her parents when she told them the name and phone number both her parents looked at each other strangely her father asked her if she was certain that this person called and left this number she confirmed that it was and asked why they were acting so strangely her mother told her that this friend of her father's had passed away half a year ago and his number, this number, had been disconnected shortly after. Even so, her father insisted on calling the number back to find out who it really was and of course the line was still disconnected. None of them spoke a word of it after that and so Ann called her boyfriend, my roommate here in Canada, to tell him. My buddy thought she was pulling his leg so he laughed it off. "'and said something to the effect of the afterlife being so boring "'her dad's friend had started making calls to keep busy. "'As soon as he said it, there was a big bang on the wall "'and static on the phone line. "'Over the static, there was a deep voice so loud "'I could hear it next to him that said, "'Who are you?' "'When the connection came back, "'Aun said she hadn't heard anything as she'd been briefly cut off. "'They quickly ended their conversation, and I went to bed. "'I didn't want to be involved with bad spirits.' My friend got sick the next day and we never brought it up again. The Girl Who Laughs
0: This happened when my sister was admitted to the hospital and I was left alone at home. It was my first time being alone for the night in the house. My parents had to accompany my sister to the hospital but they didn't want me to go with them because I had exams the following day. My night in the house was okay except for the fact that I kept on worrying about my sister. That and when you're alone in the night you can't help your mind getting away on you. It didn't help that way back when we still had our maid, she told me that during the wee hours of the morning someone would twist the knob of her room, now my room, like they were trying to get in. Because of this, she always kept the door locked. She had also told me stories about hearing things in the kitchen being moved whenever she was already in bed and about to sleep. My uncle, who also spent time in our house, saw people who were not meant to be there. Given all of this, it wasn't hard for my imagination to be excited. I am sleep paralysis prone, and I don't know if that has anything to do with the house or not. Whatever the reason, the night my parents were away with my sister I was experiencing a sleep paralysis event when I heard a girl's voice laughing from the side of my bed. That scared the shit out of me because it was the first time it felt like someone or something was in my room while I was suffering sleep paralysis. The following day while in the hospital visiting my sister, my father asked me whether our neighbor had slept over the night before. When I told him that I managed to be home by myself, he became confused and said that when he called earlier I answered my phone but never spoke and he heard a girl laughing in the background. Oh, man. Yes. He assumed I had answered by mistake and that the laughing girl was our neighbor. Oh, no. I didn't even know he had called, but when I checked my phone, there was a received call from him during a time when I was certain I was still asleep. It's unlikely that I could have accidentally answered it, too, because when I sleep, my phone is a meter away from my bed. Wow. My dad, realizing I'd really been alone, accompanied me home (laughs) after. I should think so. Wow. What really twigged my interest on that one is, uh, we have been exchanging emails with a fellow from the U S right, yeah. who is going through some, uh, some stuff Yeah, and the laughing next to his bed is very similar to what he's going through. Yeah. He was, uh, he tried your white light technique because he thought maybe there's something going on in the apartment. Yeah. And shortly after he drifted off to sleep, he was awoken by what sounded like a guttural voice, uh, speaking very quickly in a language he did not understand but it was speaking in his left ear, which is the side of his head that is at the edge of the bed.
1: Oh no.
0: Yes. Well, uh, this next one is a lot worse, so enjoy. Five
1: essays. My father's office has always felt off. It smells weird, has varying temperatures, and it's just overall a weird place to be, but it's also a quiet place to work. And one day I was home alone, working on five essays I needed to finish by the end of the next day. Oh, college. I'd just about finished my analysis of Paul Revere's account of the Boston Massacre when the home phone rings. It was a bit of a shock, as I thought it was dead, but the caller ID said, Mom, so I picked it up. Mom said hello, we exchanged pleasantries, and then out of the blue she asked me to go to the garage. I was a little confused, because we never went into the garage for anything except storage, but. I stood and was about to comply when the call cut out before mom could tell me what I was going into the garage for. I don't know exactly why, but I freaked out and ran upstairs and into my bed because I felt safe there. Once under the covers, common sense took back over and it occurred to me that maybe mom's phone had just simply died during the call. Even so, I stayed in my bed until mom came home and when she did I apologized, then asked her why she wanted me to go into the garage in the first place. She looked at me like I was crazy and said she'd never told me to do anything. Besides, she said, she'd left her phone at home. You know what? We found it in the garage, on a shelf at least one foot higher than my mom can reach. What even happened? Who called me who sounded like my mom and why did they want me to go into the garage? It still freaks me out. That's a bad one. That is a bad one. Yeah,
0: that one, I got chills.
1: My back just went all weird. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: one, that one stays with you. Urf. And that reminds me, we've talked about this before, this, this idea of a doppelganger effect mm,
1: yeah, where something
0: yeah. that is trying to replicate, uh, someone you love and trust tries to lure you away. Yeah. i usually mean, into nature, but why
1: not the garage?
0: The garage. I mean, there was, um, there was that story a long time ago we told on the show about the kid in, up in the mountains in California. Right. When he was playing in video games in the trailer. And they thought they saw the other kid's mom, but her voice sounded weirdly mechanical. She kept asking them to let her in. There's precedent here. Yeah. As a matter of fact, on Shannon Legros' Into the Fray on the newest episode, they have uh, audio footage from this house out in the woods. And there, it sounds like there's, they think it's, uh, you know, Bigfoot or Sasquatch, but there is definitely something in the woods that sounds like it's trying to mimic the people who live in the house. Oh. Yeah. That's not good. That is not good. No. No. So there is, it's a fascinating phenomenon and it's genuinely disturbing. And I'm not sure if it's because the subversion of the trust or if it's, if it's just because something so familiar is turned around on you.
1: I think both of those things. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. It's basically using your familiarity and your trust against you.
0: The second message. This happened later on in the evening on a Thursday. I don't know if that matters. I would gotten off the phone with a friend and while I was busy doing something else he called again and left a message. Figuring that if it was important he'd have mentioned it on the call I decided to check the message later as I was headed out. When I got home 3 hours later I checked my phone to return the call and there were two messages waiting instead of one but no second call. How could there be two messages if there had only been one call? The mystery message started off with the sound of someone crying and immediately I felt like I had been gut punched. The next part was even more disturbing. While the crying was going on it slowly transitioned to sounding like the phone was underwater. Eventually there was no more crying and just a muffled underwater type sound. It was then I started to panic so badly that my first thought was to call my dad, that I was an 18 year old who laughed at horror movies suddenly didn't matter. After the message ended my phone played the time date stats and according to the network's timer the message had come in 2 minutes after my friend's second call. I was still home then and my phone had not rang. By all obvious metrics, that message should not have existed, and yet it did. The whole thing left me with a terrible feeling of dread. Once I started to calm down, I came up with some rational possibilities for the call. Telemarketer on a cross line, an accidental redial from a friend, or maybe a straight up prank. Those possibilities helped me get some distance from the message, but I couldn't shake the dread. My father came home, listened to it, and immediately deleted it, so it's gone and I don't think I'll ever really know what it was. However, there have been a few times in my life I've felt that dread, and every time I later discover something bad has taken place. It's only happened a few times, but it's uncanny. This time, on my first listen through the message, I was certain, certain that someone had committed suicide by jumping in the water. Once I'd calmed down, I called everyone I could think of, and they were all okay, but I still don't think I'm wrong. I hope I am phantom message yeah and i've 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 had um not phantom messages but phantom calls okay i had uh, one time i got a call from a guy he said and he said hey yeah you you, i got a missed number from your call or missed call from your number oh i've had that before and i said nope no you didn't and he's like yeah no it's right here i hit read a call back on my phone yeah there was no call i've never heard of this guy he was a custodian at the catholic church over on blanchard and view Weird. Yeah, big cathedral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a custodian there, a maintenance guy.
1: That's a really haunted
0: cathedral. Is it? Oh, yes. There's a couple of ghosts there. Well, one of them apparently connected us because he was working while it happened. Weird. Yeah, and I had no outgoing calls, period, that day, never mind to this guy who I'd never met.
1: I think it was the church calling me back to be a good Roman Catholic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, to to me to actually go through the priesthood thing like I had planned originally. Wow. When I was when I was younger, I actually thought about it. You'd be the worst celibate. Well, I, see, back then I didn't know. Back, <laughs> back, back then I wasn't getting laid. Yeah, see, so didn't know any better. Didn't know any better. No. And my grandmother would
1: have been so happy because she was so Catholic. Well, that would have made any Catholic grandmother happy. Yes. It's not grandma. As most of you know, when a relative dies and they have no will, their possessions are divided equally amongst the family. My grandmother died of cancer when I was two years old, so I don't remember much of the time we spent together, but from what I've heard, she had a short and troubled life. My grandmother was succeeded by nine children, including my mother. Her assets were sorted through and given away. My mother had cared for my grandmother during her illness, and I think the strain of also having to take on her possessions kept her from accepting most of them at the time. When I was six, My aunt asked my mom if she was ready to take some of the things my grandmother had left behind, and my mother finally accepted. My sister and I were ecstatic. What little kid doesn't love having stuff to rummage through? And when the things arrived, my mother let us pick one thing each to keep. One thing in particular caught my eye. An old light blue telephone that my aunt had told me I used to play with at grandmother's house. I had to have it. Once my mother said it was okay, I took the phone to my room and played with it all day long. The rest of the day and night passed as it usually did, dinner, bath time, and bed, all in short order. I still shared a room with one of my sisters then, Kara, and at bedtime we jumped in our bunk beds and began to relax. The phone was sitting on my playstand where it had spent the whole day along with some other toys. I'd finally fallen asleep when a loud bleating noise pierced my ears and I woke with a start. Kara woke up too. And she didn't seem all that worried when, still partially asleep, she began to look for the source of the noise. It turns out my new play phone was ringing. Remember, this phone had no cord, and even if it had, we didn't have a phone jack in our room. I guess it didn't register to Kara that the phone was fake because she picked up the receiver and said hello. A moment later she dropped the phone, screamed for my mother, and ran to hold me in the bunk. The voice on the phone kept speaking, and now I could hear it. The voice on the other end was my grandmother's, but it wasn't her demeanor. The voice was ill-tempered and seemed violent. All it kept repeating was, Hello, girls, and I'm here, girls, with a horrible laugh in between. It kept up the laughing, even after my mother bolted through the door she took one look at the situation and immediately hung up the phone she tried her best to calm us by this time everyone in the house was awake and in our room and asking what happened and all we could say was grandma's here to which my mother replied that was not your grandma needless to say the next day my toy was destroyed I'm not sure to this day if it was her or not but I do believe that my grandmother is suffering somewhere due to the horrible events in her life and leading up to her death oh that's not cool no i told you that was a heavy one wow that, that was another chills. see i don't believe that grandma's suffering somewhere no neither do i i think that was something manipulating 100 situation yeah
0: i think i mean it may even have been if her grandmother struggled in her later life it may have been something that had been fucking with her then yeah that just decided to screw with these kids yeah you know and, and again we t- we talked about mimicry yeah and that's such an effective way to fuck absolutely. with people because absolutely because you subvert
1: that trust and you play with those expectations well and you you get whatever target you are aiming at to trust you yeah and, and open up and yep. relax and drop their guard and yeah no that's oh. terrifying
0: uh that reminds me actually i was talking to my cousin about this that reminds me of a dream i had once where it was shortly after my grandmother died she died in october 2004 right and in the dream it was several months after her death we were talking and you and your grandmother were talking my grandmother and I were okay. in, the dream, in the dream we yeah. were talking and she, we were at my, my aunt's dining room table which is where we used to have the big family dinners Right, and it was quite nice to be able to talk to her even though she was dead Right, and all of a sudden her demeanor changed and it was like something was wearing her skin mm-hmm. as like an ill-fitting suit her eyes went yellow and her mouth became bigger Whoa! and this voice said something to the effect of this isn't allowed this is against the rules you are not allowed to do this um yeah and then you woke up then i woke up shit yeah and since then i've had the odd dream where we have conversations usually it's in a group usually her and my grandfather right but i'd never had that before wow where it was like yeah like something came in and said nope i know that's not okay no no that stuck with me again i still remember those yellow eyes yeah. Mostly, that's what I remember: is the yellow eyes and that like, would be like her skin didn't fit right anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aaron in North Carolina. It all started when I was home alone, just singing along to one of my favorite Avril Lavigne songs,
1: like you do. Oh no, that's the first mistake. <laughs> Skater Boy all the way. Actually, I
0: like Complicated.
1: <laughs> Please just stop.
0: I like that album. I still do. I, I was very young. Back to the story. I had the music turned up fairly loud and I was having fun. Then I heard this really weird noise coming from inside the speaker that sort of sounded like a girl talking, but I thought it was just my imagination. I kept listening to the music and heard a girl talking in the background. I got a bit spooked and I turned the music off. Then I tried to convince myself that I was imagining it, so I turned on just the speaker for clarification. It was quiet at first, but then I heard the girl's voice again. I got really, really freaked out and I turned it off. After a few minutes I turned it on again and asked her not to hurt me
1: Jesus,
0: (laughs) and I asked her what she was. I heard a noise like a girl trying to say something clearly but by then I was scared out of my mind. I told her I was getting really freaked out and that I had to go. I turned the speaker off again and I realized I was shaking. Until then I would never really believed in ghosts but now I am convinced that there is something else out there and I just don't know what to do. I need answers and I doubt my parents will believe me and I really want to know what she wants but I am hesitant to ever turn on the speaker again. Please help me.
1: Okay. When we would do concerts and other things, mics and unshielded cables can grab radio signals.
0: Right, of course. So
1: we would be doing a concert and we'd stop singing or whatever. And in that moment of silence between talking and singing, you would very clearly hear like a man's voice coming through the speaker. Really? Yeah. It would be like. Huh. and then you either have to if it's a wireless mic you gotta fuck with the channels right and, but it can also the, the actual wires themselves can act as antenna interesting and pull the signal so this kind, of, yeah, i was thinking that it doesn't this sound doesn't pass for me right this sounds like a slightly hysterical teenage girl yes but I'm not judging her. No, no,
0: no, no. I mean, it's easy to freak yourself out. Oh. I mean, we, we were talking. We're
1: both awesome at that.
0: Yeah. We, we took a quick break for water and I mentioned that I thought there's a, a window uh, right in my field of view behind <laughs> you and it leads out to a roof. And yep. we were joking that if we ever see someone out there, we're, out. we're, we're just going to leave. <laughs> and uh, while Ian was, Ian was telling a story, I thought I saw very briefly some movement. And I, I think it's just because I'm keyed up from earlier. Right. But uh, yeah, I nearly jumped out of my skin. So <laughs> it's easy to work yourself up. It really is. Uh, that said, there is a th- a story in my book, a strange little place of <laughs> everywhere fine books are sold. You're still shilling that piece of garbage. Uh, until they're all gone. <laughs> but um, I, there will be no second printing as your book has recently <laughs> enjoyed, You prick. <laughs> But that's fine. That's a conversation for another time.
1: I'm so sorry. I'm successful.
0: Oh God, I'm sorry too. <laughs> I'm sorry you're successful. <laughs> no, I'm very, I'm very, very happy for you. Uh-huh. I mean, fuck you. you but I'm, on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice try. But uh, there was a story of a woman I know named Barb. She lost her fella a few years back, and one of the things that happened out in the wake of that was she was at home and there was a pair of computer speakers that were not plugged in, had not been plugged in for years. And she heard what sounded like two men talking over CB radio on the speakers. And one of them said, what's the road up ahead look like? And the other one said, that's rough right now, but it's going to be okay. That's it. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, is it possible to pick up a signal if they're
1: off? No, not really. Yeah, so... They need the electrical to make the noise, so that sounds more like a message for her specifically.
0: Exactly, yeah, that was sort of her take on it, but yeah.
1: uh, anyways. You're okay, I'm okay, we're okay. A little background. I'm 26 and live in Canada's capital city, Ottawa. About three years ago, I suffered pain from the sudden loss of one of my closest friends, Johnny. To this day, the cause of death is unknown to me. I assume the family knows, but I respect their will to keep it private. But he was discovered in his home on Monday, mid-September. This was extremely hard for me as we were inseparable, even worked for the same company. A few days prior to him being found, I had attempted to reach him. Calls, texts, emails, Facebook, you name it. No response. I assumed maybe he was busy or simply went away for a few days. But since he was not at work and hadn't told me, I of course got worried. I tried not to let my worries get the best of me, but after a few days of no contact I reached out to several people for information. No one had heard from him. He lived alone. Police headed to his home shortly before I finally decided enough was enough and drove there myself. I got the news when I arrived. You can all imagine the amount of guilt I felt. Why didn't I go to his home sooner? On or around October 1st, I had a very interesting dream. I was in a forest with Johnny, frantically trying to find a way out, since I felt I was late for something or had somewhere to be. Johnny kept repeating one phrase for me. You're okay, I'm okay, we're okay. I keep my cell phone on the nightstand, as I also use the alarm feature. My phone at the time was still fairly new, with no signs of wear or usage problems. It was, however, a flip phone. All of us know that you cannot place a call without the cell phone being flipped open, right? This is where it got interesting. At about 5am, I woke to the sound of a phone dialing a phone number, and then of course the ringing, waiting for the other line to pick up. This was odd to me, so I grabbed my phone to see, and my phone had selected out of the 100 or so contacts, Johnny. My cell phone called Johnny. I panicked. I grabbed my phone while it was still flipped closed and the other end, still ringing, flipped it open and put it to my ear. The ringing stopped as if someone had answered, but no one spoke. I said, hello, Johnny? Nothing. I, of course, burst into tears and sat up in bed thinking of my friend.
0: Uh, I think I mentioned this on another episode, but a friend of mine had a dream where he he lost a friend who was quite young, uh, very suddenly. I believe it was an aneurysm. Mm. And he, in the dream, and this was his best friend. Right. So in the dream, he felt, he he dreamt he was sitting at his desk and he thought, I really want to call this guy. Right. So he picked up the phone, dialed him. And when his friend picked up, his voice didn't sound right. He sounded groggy, almost like a zombie. Right. Like he couldn't wake himself up. Right. And it really scared my friend. And and in the dream, he slammed down the phone and, and that was it and he woke up. But then several months later, he had another dream where his friend came to him and he was fully present and he gave him a hug and he said goodbye. Wow. And I mean, I I said this to my friend and he's not really inclined to believe these things, but I said, I wonder if maybe what you experienced was actually you in your need, reaching out and contacting him where he, wherever he was. Right. But because it was so soon after his passing... He was still figuring and he died so quickly he was still figuring out what was going on oh yeah i mean uh, it, it sounds kind of fantastic but i guess you know, that's what we're t- well, doing here
1: yeah no I, I and i've heard of people talk about um when people die the belief is the body hangs around until the funeral right um until something is done with that body and um you know people always say oh graveyards aren't haunted but my experience has been there's at least a couple who are there because they followed their body there oh and now they don't know what to do of course there's nothing for them wow they have nowhere to go so i've gone to graveyards and absolutely experienced some definite feelings of presences there right and that was the impression i got was it wasn't oh we're haunting the graveyard it was uh what now what do we do now
0: Yeah, I mean, especially for people who have
1: always been told all their lives what to do. Well, and if you die suddenly. Yeah, that too. um, You die with no thought of anything, I guess, why not? So, interesting that her phone was phoning by itself. Yeah, that fascinates me. That's really interesting. That's a really different twist on that.
0: I mean, I wonder if it's just I mean, we're all we're in full woo-woo at this point, but yeah. you know, this force of will again. Yeah. You yeah. reaching out and you using whatever means, even somehow doing it mentally.
1: Or was it the spirit of Johnny trying to connect with her connect with yeah her. I suppose that it's
0: if we're gonna if we're gonna admit the possibility of the one absolutely, thing absolutely no I mean if
1: we're going there we're going there.
0: yeah no fair enough
1: yeah jump on the wagon boys <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sally's house about a year or two ago my friend Sally came over to my house she was staying for a bit until her parents came home she was at my house for about two hours when she decided that her parents might be home and called to check when she called someone or something answered the phone breathed into it and then hung up Her parents were still not home because we tried calling again and this time no one picked up finally when her parents did arrive home they called my house and we went over to hers my friend remembered the time when she had made her call and asked her parents if they had been home and of course they weren't they were still out it freaked me out so i told my dad what happened that no one was home except the pets and he said that it could have just been one of her pets of course i told him that was impossible because pets could not have picked up the phone press talk (laughs) breathe in the phone this is obviously a kid writing this and I think it's great that she has to explain this to her dad (laughs) you dipshit yeah the fucking goldfish picked up the phone (laughs) we know the phone was put back on the hook because we also asked my friend's parents about it and they said the phone was in the right place when they got back it really freaked me out because I'd never had that happen to me before unlike my friend who has experienced ghosts or paranormal things And I don't think there's much to say about that one. That just seems to be pretty straightforward.
1: Yep. Along the same lines. Something weird. Answer the phone. Seems to happen more often than not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm so glad I no longer have a home phone. Oh, man. My phone is with me at all times. Well, now it just
0: calls people at random. I don't don't, don't know (laughs) if that's better.
1: (laughs) A happier take on grandma's phone. Thank God. Yeah, no kidding. This story takes place in April 2003 when I was only 12 years old. I was in grade 7 just getting used to taking city transit an hour to and from school, having a cell phone, albeit one that only got $5 a month on it to call home if I was going to be late, and real homework. I use quotation marks because I have done two years of college now, and that is true homework, my friends. (laughs) That's why I never went. (laughs) Dodged a bullet. Let me start by saying that my grandma Doris and I were very close. My sister and I were her favorite grandchildren. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do when I have grandchildren. I'm going to tell them all that. (laughs) You're my favorite. Yeah, you're all my favorite. Yeah, and I'm going to leave you everything. (laughs) We were spoiled rotten, and my mom hated it, but my grandmother just didn't care. In April, my grandmother, my mom's mom, passed away due to her third heart attack. I was at school, and she'd unfortunately been babysitting my young cousin at the time, and she just suddenly fell over and would not get up no one knew she was dead until my aunt called to check up on my cousin and he told her grandma fell asleep on the floor and won't get up that's heartbreaking yeah it really is my aunt knowing what had happened immediately called 9 and then my mom my mom had my stepmom pick me up from the bus stop when i finished school and i didn't know why around dinner time my mom came to get me at my dad's house and told my sister and me that our grandma had passed away the medical examiner told us that she died the instant it struck, giving no warning, no signs. She'd been dead before she hit the ground. We were, of course, all expecting that a heart attack would have been the way she'd pass on, but we didn't think it would be so soon, especially since her doctor, not two weeks before, had said she was doing fantastic. Goes to show you, a heart attack can happen at any time. Dividing up the things in my grandma's will among all of us, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, and me, as I was included in the will. I got my grandma's opal ring and a few other pieces of jewelry of hers that I loved so very much. As well as things not included, was a somber and heartbreaking task. I had gone to the back of my grandma's trailer. She lived in a trailer park, through her bedroom to locate the ring that was now mine. I found it, turned around, and saw my grandpa by the closet a few feet away from me. He died a few years before my grandmother. I stood there, open-mouthed and he disappeared just as my mom came into the room looking for me. I did not tell my mom about my grandpa. Fast forward a week to after we'd gone through the will and the estate. My mom was making my sister and me dinner. We were all quiet and all obviously sad. I was sitting at the kitchen table doing homework, my back to my mom. Out of nowhere, the phone rang, and my mom and I just looked at each other. We were not expecting phone calls. Everyone had called with condolences the first couple of days after my grandma had passed. I got up to answer the phone, and looked at the caller ID. It was one of those old ones, one of the earlier ones made with the separate squares for each number. They were all colored black, and the ID for the name was just one. I handed my mom the phone and she answered, and all there was was nothing. Not a sound after my mom said hello. All of a sudden the phone fizzled out and abruptly died, leaving us needing a new phone for our house. The kicker? My mom, My grandma, who just passed away, had given us the phone. It was only two years old or so. My mom stared blankly at the phone in her hand, then looked at me and smiled. Well, I think that was your grandma calling to say she made it to heaven. We still have the phone in a box somewhere, and it still refuses to work as if the internal workings melted. But they didn't. We've taken the phone apart, and by logical reasoning, it should still work. I think my grandma was trying to put forth so much energy into saying something to my mom through our phone that she ended up accidentally destroying it instead. For about the next couple weeks, we would see our two cats staring off into space, chatting at the air, typical cat-sees-ghost behavior. We thought they were just talking to my grandmother. They never seemed scared, just chatty. They would bat at the walls when there was nothing there, no lights, no bugs, like they were playing with an invisible one of those feather batons you can buy. My mom, to this very day, swears that my grandma called us to say hello with a phone call from beyond the grave.
0: That's kind of nice. I like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Well,
1: and seeing her grandfather there.
0: Yeah, that I. It, it's it's almost the kind of glossed, over. glossed it's
1: like, over. Oh, not a big deal. Yeah, I was grandpa's there. But that's pretty common, and you hear people on their deathbeds talking about loved ones coming to get them. Oh, oh, my mother's here. Oh, there's my husband.
0: My own grandfather, he died of gangrene because he refused to let them cut off his leg. And he was a stubborn old wop. Wow. Yeah. No, bless him. Uh, Joseph Martini. Oh. His wife was Mary.
1: Mary Martini?
0: Jerry and... Mary and Joseph. Oh, my God. So Italian. Wow. But anyway, so yeah. He should have been a lounge singer, I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, He drove the Zamboni. I'm not sure what... uh, what she did. Joe Martini drove the Zamboni. Yeah, the Zamboni, the snow plow, one of the two That is both. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but when he when he was getting ready to when he was nearly dead yeah. uh, because of this gangrene, he was heard saying to no one. Uh, Mary had died before him. Yeah. But he was heard saying, "Not now, Mary. Not yet." And he died shortly thereafter. Yeah. So, that's really common. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a gal I interviewed for my book, her husband died quite young and he was laying in bed and he kept trying to do something. And and she said, What are you trying to do? He said, I'm trying to get over. I'm trying to I'm trying to get over to the other side. And
1: yeah, he died later that day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. My dad said he couldn't figure out who the tall men were. Uh, they were dressed in like uh, and he was in the hospice at this point. He was talking about uh, men he saw wearing like raincoats and bowler hats. Interesting. Very, very British. And they were very, very tall. And oftentimes angels have been referred to as being very tall. Right, you right. Know, and I think that's just perfect that my very British dad would see very British angels. Of come course. To take him over <laughs> the next life. I thought that was pretty great.
0: Alright, this is our last story for tonight. Okay. Dusty. This didn't happen to me, but happened to my dad, and he still can't explain it to this day. When my brother Billy was 14 or 15, he was on the swim team at the high school. He had a best friend named Dusty, whom he'd been best friends with since they were babies. Our parents and his parents were also really good friends, and our dads worked together, but Dusty and Billy were inseparable. If you didn't know where one was, all you had to do was find the other. One night while driving home from a swim meet, my dad received a call on the car phone. This was before mobile phones. The caller was a co-worker and as the call continued my dad became more and more upset. After hanging up the phone he told us that Dusty, who was not a swimmer and had been at home during the meet, had killed himself by hanging.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My brother was on the swim team bus at the time and so we weren't able to tell him until we would picked him up from the school that night and I'll never forget hearing him cry once he knew. Weeks later after things calmed down something happened that we've never forgotten. My dad was laying in bed just about to fall asleep when the phone rang he reached over to the night table picked up the phone and answered the voice on the other end was unmistakable it was the same my father had heard calling for billy day after day it was dusty is billy there my father couldn't quite comprehend what was happening no he replied he's not here right now dusty is that is that you dusty spoke again is he okay my dad replied yeah he's doing all right and that was the end of it the connection was broken my dad is a huge skeptic and wouldn't make up a story like that but he swears to this day that it was dusty who called him that night wow yeah that's i mean that's a that's heartbreaking it really is and then he calls to check on his friend yeah oh oh i know what a downward end! On I, I put this at the end because nice I thought it would work, be.
1: I thought branded. it'd be more of like an up. No, but no, no! I was wrong. Really, you thought a suicidal teenager who committed suicide and then phoned from beyond the grave was an upper? I thought that he reached out. Maybe was <laughs> I should have gone with grandma's other. You phone. are a terrible judge of an emotional uh, response on Sometimes the story. Sometimes I'm not good. at this. <laughs> it's a good story, though.
0: Well, it is that, but very sad. Yes. All right. So that's going to do it for the ghost in the machine. Yeah. I think ho- we'll... hope
1: you're feeling great now. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. Woo-hoo! Everyone let's, let's hug. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Bren might be autistic. <laughs> he has problems comprehending human emotion. Yeah, it's true. This, you always wonder why Ian answers the email. This is why. <laughs> Just in case <laughs> I do something like this. And now I've done it on air so everyone can hear it. Excellent. Now everyone knows <laughs> oh, boy. all my hard work. <laughs> yeah. We'll call it that. <laughs> yeah. Alright, we'll be right back with our patron shoutouts. back thanks to our researchers Luke Greensmith and Anthony Germain for their work on this episode yeah Anthony of course being the newest addition to the ghost story guys yay Anthony yes and uh, now we're going to do our patron shout outs we want to thank all our patrons but we especially want to thank our newest patrons Lumpy Rug Nicole Del Grosso Richard Easby Jessica Sigman Melanie N Catherine Punt Stephanie J Christy Bennett Chris O'Leary Liz O'Malia Pacman Impact Site Dot info Allison Hunt Jackie Port And Greg Tuttle And a very special Shout out to someone Who uh, we missed On the last episode Because his pledge Isn't in an actual uh, Category Category Right And that is Sam uh, Sam Tannenbaum Sam has pledged At a level Uh Quite a high level, and we certainly appreciate it. Uh, actually, I'm going to create a new tier oh. named for Sam. It's gonna be called Sam's Club.
1: Nice. <laughs> you mean like the big store? Yes. You're
0: so clever. I know, right? <laughs> so thank you, everyone, and uh, Sam. Once I figure out what the the reward tier, like what the rewards should be for the level you're you're um, contributing at, I will let you know. Yeah, and we'll we'll switch you over to Sam's Club.
1: Very cool. Yes, I love
0: that. If you'd like to become one of our patrons, head on over to patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys. Our rewards include early access to the shows, access to bonus material not publicly available, and things like the monthly Instagram live, which we are still figuring out. So to all of our $10 <laughs> and above patrons, we are we, we have the account now, you've seen the post. We are still just figuring out when we're going to schedule that. Yep. Because you are, as we said, going out of town. Yeah. So it may, this one, the
1: first one may just be Bren. That would be perfect. In fact, I think all of them should just be Bren. <laughs> Bren disagrees. You, you can talk more than anyone I ever met, so I think you would be just fine.
0: <laughs> that is true. I, I have a gift. I guess we'll call it a gift. Let's call it a gift. Yes. At least for you. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, we don't have time for listener mail in this episode. We, uh, we only have the studios for a certain amount of time, and we've used that up. Yes, we have.
1: Uh, do you have anything coming up? No. We had our last market. We did last night. It was fantastic. And it was a lot of fun. And we sold some books. Even Brennan sold some books. Shockingly enough.
0: We had (laughs) Anthony came out. He brought Krista. We got to meet him. I never met his wife, Krista.
1: She's lovely. She's great. Aiden was there. Yeah, that was cool too. I met his son for the first time. And Belle. Oh, of course. Is that the the girlfriend's name? Oh, okay. I didn't get a chance to see her, to meet her, but she was there. And, uh, hang out with Barbara Smith, always a good time. And we talked about, she's going to be on the show in October. Yes. Barbara Smith, the original ghost story lady, author 37 of 37 books,
0: author of 37 books. Yeah. Uh, she's going to have a new ghost book coming out in October. It's called great Canadian ghost stories. Oh, I can't wait. So she's yeah. going to be uh, a guest here in studio on yep. one of our bonus episodes. So I am looking forward to that. Oh, and we had uh, an in-person visit from a couple of our listeners. We did. We did. Latoya and her son Tyler yeah. came to visit us. Well, visit us while they were here in Victoria. Yeah. And uh, the what pictures a, up on Facebook. Yeah. And what a hoot. Yeah. I, I that was my first chance to meet well, listeners because you you met up with uh, Simon and his family last yeah. year, uh, and that was great. Yeah. Just, I love
1: that Tyler was super quiet, and then by the end of it. There was no turning that kid off. No, yeah, well, he, he was awesome. Full but, conversation. He oh, was awesome. What a great guy. And Latoya's great. And Latoya, I hope you eventually do enjoy living in Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> we do
0: have some interview spots coming up. I know we're going to be on uh, Journey Through the Gate at some point in October. Uh, Mysteries and Monsters sometime in November. Uh, possibly Somewhere in the Skies in October. And I've just received some kind of interview request for I next for yeah I'm not sure what that's
1: about not so well. for me
0: no I know
1: just you <laughs> judgment yep
0: <laughs> uh, but if you want to pick up some uh, Ghost Story Guys swag you can either go to our Threadless store at ghoststoryguys.threadless.com or our Redbubble store via the shop now link on our Facebook page if you want to get in touch if you have a ghost story you want to share we'd love to hear from you our email address is ghoststoryguys at ghoststoryguys.gmail.com we will be doing two listener stories episodes in October and so uh, now is if you got a story you want to tell us now is the time and then when's that dream episode coming up? Robin? Oh, I wondered when you were going to ask that. I don't speak English anymore. <laughs> the mythical dream episode. It's going it's, uh, it's it's to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. it's going to
1: happen.
0: <laughs> I don't know whether you're having a stroke or you're mocking me. I don't care right now. I... Oh, 911, I don't know the number. That's... <laughs> I guess I'll see you in hell. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, thank you to Pizzanta Music for our intro and outro music. You can find him online at soundcloud.com slash Music. And I just wanted to give another shout out to the, our musical guests from the last two episodes. We had some really talented bands. Uh, so don't forget to check out Steel City Ruins. That's steelcityruins.bandcamp.com. Dolly Sod's. That's Dolly Sod's. D-O-L-Y-S-O-D-S.bandcamp.com. Uh, Soda Club. That's sodaclub.bandcamp.com. And Old Enemy. oldenemy.bandcamp.com. All of those groups are also available on most major streaming services but uh you know their albums are five ten bucks help them out that's gonna do it we'll be back in two weeks with another episode and until then into the darkness we go You're the one who brought booze. <laughs> Two dainty little sips, Go good. Hi, manny buddies. Nope, no, I've seen how that goes. That's <laughs> next door, and that's what happened. <laughs> that is what happened. Yeah, we have very different standards for <laughs> what constitutes done. Welcome to the ghost story guys. I'm Brendan Store. I'm Ian Gibbs, and this is a show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the... Stop touching your mouth. I can hear it in your mic. I was this... I could still hear it. Holy shit. Yeah, don't, don't rub your beard at all, because I, I keep having to edit out <sighs> scratching sounds. Did, why, why do you need to rub your face? It's, it's here. Well, shave it then. <laughs> don't demasculinize me. Okay, well, if you're going to scratch it, wait till neither of us I is talking. I won't. Thank you. Just.
1: still scratching. Oh, sorry, it's itchy. Jesus. <laughs>
0: That one was at least quiet. The, okay. When you scratched your shirt, not so much. Yes, thank you. Can you hear that? Yes. Ah, you you like sound that? like a fucking dog, like a cat. Here you go. Shh, I Here hope you your go. face catches fire. <laughs> I truly hope your face catches fire. <laughs> Welcome back. As we said before the break on this episode, we're going to be examining the auto, pardon me, the audio anomaly that uh, we- Auto erotica, what? <laughs> nope. Oh. No, auto erotic asphyxiation. Okay. <laughs>
1: I know you know. (laughs) I'm going to start again. I don't even know what this one's called. Um. (laughs) I am Ian. Why did you say that?
0: No one else would put up with this much shit. It's
1: definitely Ian. what could
0: go wrong uh, yeah well I'll miss you
1: we're behind two locked doors no you're doing it not me horse, I'm the idea man
0: horse of the idea man horse you're shit. the one who
1: turns it into action
0: <laughs> not this time <laughs> no I'm gonna ride the sweet uh, remember Ian I'm gonna have the <laughs> memorial episode <laughs> pretend like I liked you.
1: <laughs> let's have everyone write in and share their favorite memory of Ian that's right yeah that could get ugly
0: then I'll score chicks <laughs>
1: In your grief. Yeah, exactly. Ian would have wanted it this way.
0: <laughs> man, if I could disappear into Cinnabon, I would. Oh, I went
1: to one when I was in Calgary. Oh, you lucky bastard. Oh, was it m- good? My God. Oh man. Even the calorie count on the menu, uh, uh, over the till, did not. No fucking. And and I told my mom to meet me. I'm like, oh, I'm just in the food court, and she got there just as I was like, literally licking out the container. Oh. And she's like, you didn't save me any. <laughs> No. i like, I'll buy you one, or I'll buy you half of one. Yeah. This isn't
0: war, this is Cinnabon. There that's, are no rules. That's right. Stop it. <gasps> I'm hungry now. Yeah, me too. We should go to Denny's after. We should go to Denny's <laughs> after this. I got nowhere else to be. I need pancakes. Sweet. I'll, I need chicken strips. <laughs> Done. Because you're four. That's right. It's all I can fucking eat there. Everything else has got dairy in it. Oh, fair enough. I get it. Dusty. My people love her. Yes, it's true. (laughs) All those sons of preacher men.